Alex Shaw with your Risk Matters podcast. We've got uh, Josh Soto from Mickey Truck Bodies and Jacob Dalene from Scott Insurance's Risk Performance Group out of Greensboro. Um, how are you guys today? Good, good. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Good intro. Of course. <laughs> Jacob, you've been working with, uh, with Mickey Truck Bodies and with Josh specifically for some time now, and, and and I'll let you take lead here and maybe an intro and, and uh, just to get the conversation going. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm uh, thrilled, you know, when we were talking about who, who can we get to come on the podcast, one of my first thoughts were Mickey Truck Bodies, awesome company, been around forever, and, uh, and no, no one better to represent than, uh, than Josh. And we've had the privilege for a few years to work together. Uh, pretty closely and member of the generations group captive. And, and, um, so, uh, instead of Alex and I doing most of the talking, we want to get the star on the show, which is Josh. And, and, uh, first of all, thank you, Josh. And then if you don't mind, um, there's a lot of listeners that probably don't know who Mickey truck, truck bodies are. They may have heard them. They may have seen the mud flaps on trucks. Tell us, uh, a brief synopsis on, who Mickey Truck Bodies are, where you're located, how many facilities, number of employees, what kind of stuff you make so people can get an understanding of, of who Mickey Truck Bodies are. Yeah, not a problem. And again, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, so Mickey Truck Bodies is a uh, family-owned uh, manufacturing of van bodies, uh, beverage bodies with uh, roll-up side doors, ambulance bodies, and really just anything that you can put on the back of a chassis. Um, We've done modular homes, we've done um, oil containment, uh, we've done uh, fracturing um, units. There's a a wide array of different units that we're able to do. Um, We've just got a great engineering team that you know, we'll get a lot of customers that come in and say, hey, you know, we want something crazy in the back of our van body. And not only do we make it, but we make it better. <laughs> so, without breaking protocol, uh, what might be one of the craziest things that the request has been for? And I understand if, if maybe there's a, a line that can't be crossed <laughs> with sharing. <laughs> well, we've definitely done some, some crazy units. Um, I'd say probably one of my favorite uh, would have to be the party trailer uh, that gets pulled behind you know your your common f two fifty this is a uh, refrigerated unit that uh that can house the thirty pony kegs um and it's got oh five gosh. taps on each side um this thing has surround sound neon lighting wherever this thing pulls up it's gonna be a party um so we uh, had anheuser Bush in uh, while we were designing this thing, and, uh, and they just saw the drawings and, you know, immediately wanted to purchase the first one, decaled it, toured it around the U.S., and orders started coming in. So, yeah, I think um, I think uh, I, I think Scott Insurance might need to invest in in one of these uh, mobile units for a company. Well, it's a positive that. investment. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, John. So Tell us, tell us where, so where's the headquarters for those who don't know and, and how, how many different sites and those type of things. Yeah. So the main headquarters is in High Point, North Carolina on the main campus. uh, We own about two blocks and we have, I want to say roughly 17 different buildings that we do production in. Um, We also have uh, the reconditioning centers. Uh, So there's one in North Carolina. uh, There's one in New Jersey, one in Illinois, one in Florida. 
Um, and then we also just recently opened up our um, van manufacturing facility, van plant uh, in Berwick, Pennsylvania. Um, the building there is significantly larger than any building that we have. They used to build modular homes in that uh, building. Um, here on this main campus, we've got golf carts to drive around to get from building to building because there's so many. At, mm. at the Berwick PA plant, you know, we have golf carts just to get from one end to the, of the plant to the other end of the plant. Mm. So are these, and, and Josh, are you guys largely operating in a commercial, with commercial clients? Or when you mentioned vans, I, I, I picked up on there's a, there's a movement towards van life that, that a lot of uh, private individuals are starting to shed their homes and go live in vans. Are you guys involved in that at all, or are you largely just commercially driven? No, um, we, we are involved in that as well. We actually uh, send, oh, wow. I believe it went to Nigeria, um, a uh, self-sustaining um, modular home um, that had solar panels on top of it to generate the power. It collects the rainwater on top of the actual unit and filters it through to run the shower, the toilets, the sinks, and things of that nature. Um, you know, there was a full blown up scale. We we, we did a, a minor scale that we actually sent to them to actually take a look at. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, we we literally do anything and everything that you could think of inside of a van body. Awesome. So and we are also world renowned. I mean, we're all over the place. It's not just local in the United States. Um, we do have the majority of the um, ambulance body production um, for the North American market um, from a beverage body standpoint. I want to say we have 98% of the market, um, but we sell all over the world. And, wow. and also, tell us, That's incredible. tell us what your role is there, because I've got the uh, explain that in the, in the intro as well. Yeah, so originally I came on as the uh, the safety manager for the company, um, but very quickly started to take on more responsibilities. In the five years that I've been here, I've uh, taken quality, maintenance, workers' comp, environmental, safety, security, um, and just trying to you know really immerse myself into the different facets of the company. Yeah, and I, and I think that's so interesting in a, in a family-owned company where, you know, it's a big company. How, how many employees total? Uh, roughly a little bit above 500. Yeah, and, and for a company in, in, you know, in High Point, North Carolina, it's what I think is interesting with those situations is, you know, we all have to wear many hats, and you have a core group of people that are, are involved in, in multiple things. So, uh, so I think that's awesome. So, um, thank you for that introduction of Mickey. And I, and I, uh, for those who want to know more about Mickey truck bodies, you can, you know, Google Mickey truck bodies and you'll find it. And they have a pretty good social media presence too. And they do a lot of their celebrations and stuff on, on Facebook and stuff. You, you don't, you, you don't want to direct people to AOL or to Yahoo, just Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, it's my standard standard answer. Have you Googled it? You know, so. Um, but so what about Josh Soto? So we've been working together, Josh, for, for five years. And I know you came from um, uh, from not not so much talking about like professionally, but, you know, we've gotten to be pretty good friends and, and know each other personally now. But tell us a little bit about Josh Soto, the person. I know you got uh, a pretty vibrant, happening family with, with daughters that are involved in, in sports and stuff. And tell us about Josh Soto, the person. 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm North Carolina, uh, born and raised, uh, country boy out and out in the sticks, so to speak. Um, you know, you talk to, uh, you know, guys that have known me my entire life and uh, tell them that I'm a risk and safety professional and uh, and they would probably say, <laughs> just start laughing and say, not that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, growing up, um, had five siblings, um, mostly boys. Um, so, you know, we are constantly just beat each other up and found out, you know, different ways to run pranks on each other. And um, in high school, um, you know, I found my love for wrestling. Um, really good at it. Uh, Two-time state champion wrestler for North Carolina. Uh, that really just carried me all throughout my high school. And then when I got into college, I um, actually started off uh, going for human resourcing and acting. I actually wanted to go into yeah. film um, as something. And human resourcing was something that you know, my, my dad did. So that was something I was going to fall back on. Um, back in those days, you know, they didn't even have a degree in safety. They didn't have, you know, a program that you could go through. They had different classes that you could take, but it was not even something that was on my thought process of getting into. Um, and then uh, the the college I was going to really didn't have an avenue for wrestling. Um, so I actually picked up uh, jujitsu and Muay Thai um, and started fighting. Um, and found out very quickly that uh, that I enjoyed fighting. Um, fought with a team rock out of Greensboro and um, had seven routes underneath my belt. Um, uh, had and that's, three with, uh, that's with Lamont Tyler, wasn't it? Uh, if that's yeah. Team Rock out of okay, yeah, a common correct. coach we've got. Yeah. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I actually actually looked at a group in Las Vegas and seeing about going around and, uh, you know, seeing if I could actually make a career out of something like that in about that time frame. Uh, found out I was going to have my first baby girl. Um, decided that I would like to remember her name and my name later on in life with, you know, limited <laughs> brain injuries. Um, so kind of hung up the gloves. Um, and I do every once in a while, I'll get a uh, request from, you know, different wrestling groups to come out and, and roll around with some of the guys and still stay active in that, in that way. Um, I'm a very active person. I'm one of those crazy guys that gets up every single morning at 325 to get to the gym, um, you know, spend probably about an hour and a half in there, you know, getting a good pump in and, and then heading to work. So. And I love, I love that. And, and as Jacob and I talked about uh, this yesterday, as we kind of, map this out and where the conversation might go one of the things we were very interested in is was your background in wrestling and, and competitive fighting and mma and um so uh, before we dig into that two things of interest um so my brother also wrestled in high school and i got dan gable to send him a message last week um which is which was incredible um o over the phone so kind of funny little um funny little detail there that did you ever do like a wrestling camp at nc state or uh, anything like that um, we did a lot. Uh, we went to Millermont. We went to um, mm -hmm. uh, R.J. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a lot of those. Um, you know, I was at uh, the 152 weight class, um, which is a very competitive weight class. You know, you know, yeah. you look at the the lighter weight guys, and and it's more driven towards the skill. And the, you know, the heavier weight guys, it's the strength. You know, and then when you get in this middle weight, you know, you really have to have both. Um, it's not something that you can just be good at one or the other. Um, you got to have both in your arsenal in order to be able to, you know, really accomplish those goals. Yeah, I always enjoyed. I think my brother wrestled at 152, and and I remember that well. Those were the most athletic, technical, and and strong competitors out on the mats. And 
I, as Jacob and I spoke, I, I am interested in kind of the lessons and the disciplines that you learned because on one hand, we can see uh, risk and safety professionals if they're, if they're, I don't want to say too militant, but culturally it can, it can create some friction there. And so kind of operating with soft gloves and, and a little bit of the care, compassion, concern piece isn't always um, a part of their bailiwick, but, but it, it sounds like based off of conversations with Jacob that, that the discipline component has been a real asset for you. And you've also got that unique skill of the, the emotional intelligence that, that lends itself to cultural um, uh, propagation. So interested in hearing more about that. Yeah, so, you know, for me, from a wrestling standpoint, I really do, you know, think that fundamentally it is the best sport for someone to get into because it's not only an individual sport, but it is a team-driven sport, you know, and it just teaches you so much and how to, you know, accomplish goals not only for yourself, but to also think about the team aspect of it and, you know, how, how we're going to come together, how do we work together um, in order to be able to, you know, accomplish the goals that we want to make. Um, and for me, in, in my life, um, you know, doing that wrestling, you know, for so long, I mean, I started in middle school and, you know, all the way through high school. Um, it just gave me the ability to be able to, you know, learn quickly how to, you know, not only drive myself and find that drive to always push forward, but also to, you know, look at it from a team perspective and say, okay, how are we going to come together, you know, and accomplish these goals? I like that. And, and um, one of the one kind of dovetails off of that is, is, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've referenced the Mickey team and then you're also part uh, of the generations group captive team. And so maybe what are some of the things that, that you value about that or that you've taken from that um, because you're able to tap into a, a tremendous amount of uh, information just through, you know, you're at all the risk control workshops. You're really engaged on the, on the event learning calls. And so interested in your take on some of the, the values that you've gained from, from interacting in those environments. You know, in my, in my professional career, um, you know, I used to do a lot of consulting um, and I've been in a lot of different groups and in different insurance companies. But what, what I really like about Scott is, you know, you guys and, and just the group itself, um, you have so many opportunities to be able to, to learn new ways of doing things to kind of think outside the box um, and the just overall, you know, team spirit that they have, you know, and the fact that, you know, when you do these different meetings, you really have engagement, you know, with everybody that's there. So you're, you're, you're seeing things from a different perspective. You know, it's not just the general industry side of things and saying, okay, this is how the, the cookie cutter way everybody does it, but you might be able to look at a construction partner and say, okay, well, you know, we could tweak this, what they're doing here a little bit and make it work really well for ourselves um, so it's just it's great to be able to you know have these different meetings and different avenues to be able to you know talk with everyone and uh, and get new ideas and and what's also nice is even during the situation we're in now with COVID-19 and everything you know you're still out there you know doing different calls and learning events so that uh, you know we, we can stay fresh and learn from each other and say okay you know how how are we handling these situations what are some ideas that we can take from other people um, to better you know our environment here to keep people safe to keep people healthy and keep people working well, yeah thank you what, what I think is interesting is and, and I think this is this is something that that we've done for a long long time is Josh, I don't know in, in the last five years how many how many different people that that we have taken to Mickey uh, that are Scott, 
uh, Scott members that, you know, new members of our team that we said, let's come to the Mickey meeting. And, you know, we use you guys a lot in the, in the, in the experience portion of, of um, so that goes both ways, you know? Yeah, and it's not just Scott either. I mean, we're we're very heavily involved in in the community around us and future business leaders of America, um, getting high school kids in here so they can see that you know you know you know let's say that you know you're not ready to go to college and and you want to pursue a career. You know what does that look like? And you know it would take them around and show them the different jobs that we have here. That you know we're just not a weld shop. There you know we've got robotics. We've got uh, machining, you know, there's a lot that goes on, you know, inside these buildings that you know are not just college-driven graduate, you know, kind of courses, things of that nature. It's another way of looking at it and saying, oh, look, I can actually do something that's a trade and profession. Yeah. Tell tell the people that are because uh, I think this is interesting too in terms of if you were to going to describe the 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 day the daily work that is done by the team members at Mickey. Um, how would you describe it? Fab shop um, or, you know, well, what type of risk, what kind of exposures would you describe it in? So that could go in a lot of different directions. Um, of course, we have, you know, our, our yard crews that uh, receive the raw material that comes in. And when you actually think about a beverage body or a van body, you know, it's, it's not something that we just go out there and purchase this box or, you know, this shell, you know, it is done from the ground up. So there's no facet of anything that is purchased on a larger scale. Um, we take, you know, the smallest extrusions, the lights, the backup cameras, the floors, the subframes, all of that is done here, you know, so, um, you know, depending on which model you're looking at, um, you know, we've got guys that are welding, we've got guys that are machining, we've got guys that are using, you know, 30 ton presses that uh, are forming this different aluminum and steel and stainless steel. Um, you know, it just it, it goes the entire gambit. If you look at a van body or a beverage body or an ambulance, um, uh, you know, rest assured that you know we touch every single part of that you know it's not something that you know we go out there and, and purchase and then just maybe put some lights in it you know so you know they, they can do it can go a lot of different ways yeah I think that's helpful because and, and that kind of leads into the to kind of the main topic what we wanted to talk about that that um, I, I really think that you guys do a, a an excellent job on and with 500 employees and in different states and, and different campuses, I think that inevitably there's risks associated with that. And, and the risk of having employees and team members that are that it, on occasion have a work-related injury, um, how you guys are as a team and, and working with Stephanie and, and lost cost management and the carrier, how you deal with that after the fact and how you deal with it with the with the medical provider as well and and also internally um, for things that don't go to the uh, medical provider walk us through so I'm, a, I'm an employee and I'm out there and I um, I scrape up against the sharp object and I cut my my forearm what what what, what happens if I'm if I'm working at Mickey so, you know, to answer that question, I kind of want to you know, take it back a little bit in regards to, to how I handle specifically situations. 
you know, a lot of the times you look at um, risk and safety professionals, and um, when it comes to, to their job and to dealing with people, they get kind of a, a dry kind of sense, um, kind of like the, the police officer or or the military. You know, a lot of people look at me and my dealings on a day-to-day -day basis, and they say, you know, they ask me all the time, you know, what branch did you serve in? Because you just, you kind of come off that way. Just a rest. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I get that a lot. Um, now my my father was in the Air Force, um, so I, I kind of got a little bit of that. Um, but when it comes to dealing with people and personalities, um, I really want to attribute uh, a lot of, you know, who has made me the way that I am um, to my wife and girls. You know, I was very much, whenever I got married and, and we wanted kids, I was very much that guy that was like, come on, give me a boy, give me a boy, give me a boy. You know, wanted to carry on the family name, wanted to, you know, teach him how to wrestle and everything. And, and I remember whenever I found out that I was going to have a baby girl, you know, that switch just flipped over on me. And, um, and you talk about care, compassion, concern. When you're dealing with little girls, it's a lot different. You know, so, you know, I, learned, I, I want to say a lot of how to deal from a the deal with a person, you know, a lot of that from, you know, my wife and my girls. Um, and I carry that over into, you know, the workplace side of things, you know. Um, a lot of the guys that we have here are, are, are you know, the, the welders. So, you know, you think about the construction guys, the you know, rough around the edges type, type deal and the tough guys and things of that nature. So um, a lot of, you know, those personalities tend to, you know, look at an injury and think, oh, it's not a big deal, you know, slap some mud on it, we'll just go back to work. And and kind of that was the, the, the stance whenever I came into Mickey Truck Bodies is, you know, either it was that type of person or it was someone that was immediately going to run to the doctor. Yeah. And um, what I what I did or focused on is, you know, you know, we need to establish a good relationship with the guys on the floor so that they understand that, you know, there's someone that really cares about them um, and their well-being, um, but then also wants to treat them the way that it's supposed to be treated if there was an injury. Uh, the first thing that I did um, whenever I came on board here uh, is establish a worksite wellness center. Um, this is an area that, you know, when you walk into it, um, it actually has a doctor's table um, that's there. It's a uh, secluded room. It's got, uh, you know, the computer in there, things of that nature that you need if you want to look up something. Um, I found out very quickly that uh, originally, you know, when there was an injury, it was treated on the floor. Um, so they had the, the first aid cabinets in the manager's office and, you know, it had the onlookers of everybody that was out there and, you know, it just wasn't a clean, quiet environment in order for you to be able to actually treat someone, you know, so you had people that would come by and say, hey, don't cause us to lose getting our breakfast biscuits every 30 days, you know, and, and it just wasn't a good environment to be able to treat someone. So establishing this wellness center um, allowed me, you know, to have that environment to be able to, you know, just be one on one with the person and say, okay, you know, what's actually going on? Let's take a look at, you know, what the injury is and see if we can, you know, manage this internally. Um, and then we also um, established, a, you know, a medicine cabinet that had a lot more product in it and, and things of that nature. We also went through and got different braces, you know, back brace, wrist brace, elbows, you know, ankles, the whole 
nine yards that were readily available. Um, so that way, if the person said, hey, you know what, you know, I, I tweaked my back a little bit, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's go ahead and ice that. Um, you know, I got a nice hot patch here that we're going to apply there, you know, give you some relief. We're going to change what you're doing out there on the production floor so you're not doing this thing that's obviously already hurt your back. And oh, by the way, I've got this nice back brace right here. I'm going to go ahead and give you that as well. Um, you know, just trying to get a, a sense of, you know, hey, you know, not only do they really care, but hey, they're giving me good quality products and things of that nature to be able to aid me. Um, so that way the person does automatically feel like, you know what, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. I just need to get to a doctor. So let me, I think this yeah. is an important step that I think a lot of people, um, when they hear that, a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, uh, I'm, I'm concerned about liability or, or man, we really don't want to do that kind of thing. What, what would you, what would you say to that? You know, I understand that there's, you know, liability um, and things that you have to look at in, in each case. And, and, and a lot of times it's going to be a case by case basis. You know, um, you have certain individuals that, you know, whenever you're dealing with them and you're talking to them, you, you know that this is someone that is a, a seasoned professional and in, in workers comp and and they know how they want to drive a certain situation and those are the ones that you you know you really have to show that care compassion and concern but you also have to make sure that you're watching out for for the company and you, you know you're documenting what you're doing um you know a lot of people you know might steer away from braces and things of that nature realistically you know and and what i have seen from workers comp and you know the 15, 16 years I've been doing this, um, is, you know, when you go to the doctor, a lot of the times there's a cadence that they're going to go by. They're not automatically going to run into x-rays and MRIs and things of that nature. They're going to try certain things out. Um, and what I'm doing is looking at the different things that they would naturally do at the doctor's office and, and say, hey, why don't we try this brace? Why don't we try this first? And if it's available, you know, for us to be able to purchase over the counter and it's something that they might actually go and get themselves, I just want to make it available at work. You know, so that way, you know, I'm not stepping out of the bounds and saying I'm a doctor um, and doing things that, you know, OSHA wouldn't allow you to do. Um, but I think from a liability standpoint, you know, what I do provide is, is in helping these individuals is not stepping outside of what OSHA says. And, and it is a readily available product, you know, that they can, they themselves could even go purchase. So, yeah. you know, I think from a liability standpoint, you know, it's not, it's not something that uh, I would ever, or have I ever had to deal with, um, you know, someone coming back and saying, hey, you know what, he he showed that he cared too much, um, and uh, and I didn't appreciate that. Uh, you know, they took the steps of getting giving me a brace or something like that to see if it you know would get better that way. So, Josh, uh, one of the things we talk about a lot is that you know we talk about care, compassion, concern, and oftentimes that comes in the form of when an injury happens. But one of the things we've observed over the years at Scott is that there has to be care, compassion, concern that's authentic and genuine that's established before an injury even happens. And then during the injury and then after that has to be continuous. And so one of the things that you said really caught my attention, and that was when you first came in, one of the things you felt was really important to do was establish a relationship with employees. Um, and, and so I, I think that Jacob would agree that the trust component between management and employees is really, really, really critical um, to, to ensuring that the, the employee gets the care and the um, and the medical treatment they deserve and are entitled to, and, and that the outcome is a benefit for the employer 
and for the employee. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, how you went about establishing those relationships. You mentioned some of the cultural observable things like creating the health, um, the, the worksite wellness center and establishing um, supplies for the, the, for the folks and then having, you know, braces and that kind of thing. What other things did you do, the, the, the kind of soft touch relational things that did you engage uh, in and that you still do today? Yeah, so for me, if if you know me at all, you know that, that I could literally have a conversation with a brick wall and 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 probably have a good time doing it. Um, so it's fortunate enough for me that um, that I always find you know try and personally find a common ground with you know anyone that I am talking with. Um, so you know a big portion of what I started doing initially in this company is really getting on that production floor and going out there and talking to guys and just, you know, finding out, you know, hey, how's your day? What, you know, what's going on in your family? Things of that nature. A lot of the guys here in this company are friends with me on Facebook and, they, you know, they see my, my stories and things of that nature. Um, they know everything that's going on. You know, me and my family are, are very active. Um, we're, we're big foodies. We love going out to eat. We love cooking. We love going to different breweries and things of that nature. So, you know, I, I, you know, I put that out there because I enjoy, you know, you know, seeing other people's stuff and content, things of that nature. But I also get a lot of conversation with the guys from that, you know, the, you know, I come in in the morning and it was like, Hey man, I saw that omelet that you made last night. I like, you know, delicious, you know, so, <laughs> so it's, it's a way of, you know, just striking up those conversations and, and then uh, now, also from the professional side of it, you know, yes, I'm the safety guy that's coming out there and making sure you're doing what you're doing, but I'm a reasonable person as well. I know that we're all human and sometimes we just forget to put our earplugs in, you know, so it's not something that I go out there on the production floor and be like, ah, John, you don't get your earplugs in, you're getting written up, you know, I'll just you know, yeah. go over and tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, man, you forgot your earplugs, go ahead and put those in. And I think the guys on the production floor really appreciate that because they know that I'm genuinely trying to watch out for them, but I'm not coming out there with a kind of police sense and saying, I'm just looking for the next person I can catch, you know, to, to get mm -hmm. them fired, you know. Um, yeah, so one I think of things – go ahead. Go ahead, no, ahead. you're good. So one of, one of the things that we talk about a fair amount is that we see folks who – it kind of under, you know, overvalue the things you can measure and undervalue the things you can't. And, and where we see some safety professionals go is that they're present on a site, but they're not engaged with employees. And so they, they kind of, uh, they have a sense that if you're there, um, that that's kind of an engagement. And, um, and yet what I'm hearing from you is that, that, that the immeasurable thing, the kind of culture driving and maybe the most valuable thing that's really tough to, to measure is that you've got these sidebar conversations, these small, subtle touch points throughout the day with uh, frontline employees, which leads me to ask, how much time do you spend um, in the office versus on the floor? And maybe how many steps do you get in per day? Jacob had highlighted that as, as something that um, would probably blow our minds. Yeah, so I'm I'm very active on the production floor, um, and and to keep in mind too, you know, there's there's not just you know this main campus, you know, there's the LiftGate facility that's down the road that I have to go to North Carolina Recon. There's Composites now, which is under the Mickey umbrella, but a completely separate company. Um, than Mickey truck bodies and then there's a canteen building. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, driving in the day that I do going from location to close from location to location. Um, 
know, from my standpoint, um, I hate the office. I'm, I'm not a person that really likes being in the office. Um, I know that it's warranted. There are things that you need to do. Um, I do most of my work by, from my cell phone. Um, you know, ordering things and, and, you know, just emails, things of that nature. So it allows me more time and my tablet, of course, um, it allows me more time to be on the production floor. Um, from a steps perspective, um, you know, I can easily get around 30,000 steps a day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah. You, you will often see uh, Josh Soto uh, with a monster drink. Uh, in one hand and a kettlebell in, in the other hand while he's on the phone at the same Pretty time. Much. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big well, uh, so, so I think that, I, I mean, the, 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 it, to kind of wrap things up here, I, I, I think what's important for people, for people to hear is that, and, and, and the reason why we wanted to kind of highlight a little bit of your background is, yes, it's a manufacturing facility. It's a bunch of tough guys out there and, 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 um, but they all value the relationship and they really value the caring. And I think even, you know, uh, in the, in the profession that we're in working with kind of safety and risk performance and risk management, you know, investing the time with the guys on the floor, those are the guys that are, 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 are the smart people that knows how to do things and, and for us to be a resource to them is, is the key. And there's, there's not a whole lot of shortcuts to it. You have to spend time. And, and uh, you know, those are hours that gain the credibility uh, in, the, in the long run. And when you then have the opportunities, uh, when things go awry, that's when you, when you can really get payback and truly step up to the plate and be a resource to them because uh, there's nothing like, you know, man, we're going to take care of you and we're going to send you to the best place uh, if you need to get medical treatment and we're going to follow up with you and, and these type of things. Why, why don't you uh, close that out a little bit, uh, Josh? I'm going to let you kind of close it out here and say, what if, if, if you're somebody that is listening here, what are the maybe one or two or three things that, if you were going to give advice to someone that 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 perhaps struggle with the post-injury management side, what are the things that you would that you would would give as as a nugget to to walk away with? So one of the biggest things that I could say there would be knowing your people. You know, the time that I spend out on the floor and talking with individuals, you know, some people might look at that and say, well, it's not measurable. You know, it's not something that uh, affects our mod rate. And, and and I would say, you know, actually it, it is going to, it does. Um, mm -hmm. Because these guys understand that, you know, I am genuinely someone that wants to take care of them. If they're injured, you know, um, I, I take the time to make sure that I'm a professional and, and wash my hands, glove up, you know, do the, do the right things by them to make sure that they know that I'm not just somebody that's going to slap a Band-Aid on you and send you back out there to work, you know. If you got to go to a doctor, you know, I'm going to be right there beside you going to the doctor with you. If you've got follow-up appointments, if you need someone to call your wife and let her know what's going on, um, you know, if you have some, you know, hey, you know, you're not able to go get your prescriptions, I'm going to be the one that to help you, you know, make sure that gets done and 
taken care of. The follow up on phone calls and text messages with these guys mm-hmm. so that they know that someone is actually there and actually cares. I mean, that that time that you spend is unmeasurable. That time that you spend, you know, learning about their families and, you know, learning about their ailments and, you know, the questions that I get on a daily basis from guys that are out there that are not even work related. You know, they'll, they'll come to me, you know, about, uh, you know, different injuries with their, their sons and daughters or, you know, or maybe something else that's ailing someone in their family. They're just say, hey, what do you recommend here? Or what are your thoughts behind this? It just, it, it encourages everybody out there to know that, hey, Mickey is not somebody that's just going to, you know, see me have an injury and, you know, potentially say, okay, because you got injured on the job, you're going to get fired, or, you know, we don't really care about you. They know out there that there's someone in this company that, you know, at the drop of a dime will, you know, stop everything they're doing to and focus on them if something was to happen. And that that's the biggest thing that I can, you know, take away from how to deal with, you know, post injuries is, you know, you have to give that person the undivided attention that they need. All too often, I see a lot of professionals out there that don't have that one person that can do that. Um, And it's a a lead or a supervisor that has to deal with the injured person. And yes, they might, you know, get them to fill out a form or something of that nature, but that person still has all these other facets of the business that they have to focus on and they can't give their undivided attention to that person. Um, That is something that you'll, you'll lose that person almost every single time because they, they, they don't see that you care. You know, they see that you're doing the bare minimum of what you got to do in order to be able to, you know, make them happy or keep them, you know, to where, you know, they don't feel like, you know, someone in the company isn't looking at it intentionally. Um, but, you know, you just, you have to spend that time with the individuals, you know, so that way they know that, you know, they're a real person and that you're going to treat them that way and you're taking it seriously. Um, so, yes, that, you know, getting that time with the individuals out there is something that some professionals will look at and say, okay, where are we, you know, making money with that? And it's really on the back end. It's when you do have mm-hmm. that injury, you know, and you're trying to deal with that person, you know, them knowing that you really care is going to help you accomplish the ultimate outcome of that injury, you know, whether it be the money spent, the relationship, you know, the, the, the person coming back to work, you know, there's all these different facets. When you have someone that knows that they're being cared for by someone that genuinely cares, you're, you're just going to get a better outcome to any claim. Yeah. So as you're, as you were just sharing that, Josh, I couldn't help but think of something I heard several years ago, which is there's no shortage of intelligent people in the world, but there sure is a heck of a shortage of, of folks who are wise. And uh, there's just a tremendous amount of wisdom in, in, in what you've shared today and um, in tapping into the, you know, the emotional kind of um, equation and the human equation when dealing with people before, during, and after an injury. And there's a lot of soft touches in there that are, that are, really, really important for folks to, to really lean into and pay special attention to. So um, thank you for sharing all of, uh, all of that wisdom and experience with us today. I know I've, I've learned a fair amount, and I know Jacob has too, and the folks who listen will as well. I appreciate y'all having the time. Yeah, thanks. And before, uh, I just want to uh, encourage people again, if you want to learn a little bit more about Mickey Truck Bodies, look them up on Google. <laughs> And uh, Josh, before we let you go, um, maybe a, a plug um, for our, our president and our leadership team at Scott. 
who should they call to uh, to get their hands on one of the party buses? <laughs> yeah, just give me a call. <laughs> give me a call. We'll, we'll manage that out. <ll <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. And, hey, thanks, Josh. No, thank thank you all very much. Man.